0: Episode 18, a podcast, Neil and Mike with you, with the only podcast in the known world to have a 100% money-back guarantee. Of course, proof of purchase is required for that money-back refund. What are people buying from us? Absolutely sweet. Fuck all. That's kind of the point there, buddy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, wow, (laughs) right over the head, man. Right over my, it's Thursday. Fuck. It's been a, it's been a busy, it's been a, it's a short week. Yes. Like we had family day. Is it family day? Yeah. We had family day too. Okay. Okay. I, I don't think it's family day everywhere, but it's family day in Ontario. And but like it and it feels like such a short week like tomorrow's friday it's awesome but at the same time it's like fuck it has felt like a week and a half man
0: yeah i usually i know this is going to get a lot of people look at me pretending like people actually listen um <laughs> i know this is going to take a lot of people off guard but i actually hate short work weeks i do too all you're doing is condensing 5 days worth of work into 4
1: that's what, it, it's funny with, uh, usually Monday, Tuesday are like my big meeting days. Like yeah, it's the kickoff to the week. So you kind of plan your week and in my line of business, being a consultant working with multiple customers, I've got multiple plans that I'm doing. So Monday, Tuesday always inevitably just are like planning meeting days. And then I basically have three days to do all the work that we planned on doing on Monday and Tuesday. But this week with it being Monday being a holiday, Monday's meetings all shifted to Tuesday. So Tuesday was just like, blah of everything. And I love my customers. I love my clients. I'm very fortunate to work with amazing people. I'm not complaining about any of that, but just when you have to be on the, I would say on the phone, we're not on the phone anymore. When you're on Zoom all day and you're on camera all day, you just feel like you have to be on. And so when you do that, like all of the energy just sucked out of me on Tuesday afternoon. Like I was just like, oh my, I can't do any more meetings. I can't like it's just you need that break. You need it's just it's a lot to take in anyway. That's my short week rant.
0: (laughs) I I agree with you Um, now. Granted, I'm not quite in the same boat. I'm not on as many Zoom calls as you, but I totally get what you're saying. Uh, And I could not agree more there's something to be said for being able to turn the camera off and just being able to listen and chime in when need be.
1: Well, I was was talking to my therapist today and talking about Zoom fatigue, because it's especially like, and again, like I try to be the most authentic me whenever I talk to my customers, like I'll swear sometimes. I don't wear a, like I'm wearing sweatpants and a Leafs jersey right now but like I'm not I don't wear like dress shirts and ties from the top up or like from yeah. the waist up and then sweatpants like I just I wear what I wear I'm totally. at home I'm going to be comfortable um so I try to be as my authentic self as possible and when you when even doing that like you still feel like you're on and it's just it's so much and when I was talking to my when I was talking to my therapist about it, I was talking about like how I used, I've used Zoom for like three years in my line of work, but no one ever turned on their cameras. It's just, no one wanted to be on. No, it's just, no you want to like, you use it as a way to just have your voice chat and you have your meeting and you're on your way. But now it's like, it's, it's weird if you don't have your camera on, you're that person.
0: Everyone and- is so desperate for that little bit of connection. Right, So true. So true. And uh,
1: you know what? That's true. I may complain about it, but for someone else who, if I'm on the other side of the screen, maybe that's a connection for them that they want to have in the day. Yeah. You know what?
0: This is therapy too for me today. (laughs) (laughs) I find myself, I only mention it because I find myself thinking the same thing, but I, the few zoom calls I do have, they're varied. It's not always with the same people. And I was trying to take into consideration the fact that I I don't know this other person very well. Yep, always. And I don't know what their day to day is like. Yep, I like I don't know some of these people from a hole in the ground. So
1: That's I might so as well true. show
0: them a, a pleasant face and hopefully you know somebody that is going to be able to help them out and go from there. Yeah, I might no, I, I might be the only person outside of their, you know, usual group that they're gonna to so see true. today.
1: So so true. So true. And you know what? I it's probably it's a uh, it's a symptom of my line of work where I have to talk to multiple people at multiple companies every day. And that's again, I choose to do that. That's it. and then in a pandemic, I have to kind of just go with the flow of like whatever my customer wants oh, is totally. kind of what I have to go with. Um, But not thinking that for some of my customers, you're right, that maybe I'm one or two or one half of the interactions that they have a day over Zoom and they're at home in their house or their apartment alone or with a roommate and that's kind of it. And yeah, you know what? I probably take it for granted a little bit,
0: Um, but at the same time, it's tiring. (laughs) Oh, no, there's no way around it. It is. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend I don't relish in the fact that when it's a big group meeting and there's like you know 10 to 12 people that you have that opportunity where you can just turn off the video and Which I listen and chime in and yeah i totally take advantage of that um and here we are sitting and complaining while recording a podcast on a thursday evening while other people are out there doing the really important work and True. if they're listening to us right now they're probably thinking you know fuck uh, you guys and rightfully I, so I,
1: I always tell people like I, I feel very fortunate that I was able to leave a job for a reason for my own reasons, which was I'm really happy about, and start my own thing during a pandemic. Yes, and to to have it be successful, I I I have nothing to complain about when there are people who are laid off or furloughed or uh, or struggling to find work in general. So. Um, I always take that as just kind of the, that's the saving grace in all of this is that I'm very fortunate and, yeah, uh, yeah, also complain about it, but I also feel very fortunate at the same time that I can't complain about it.
0: Yeah. And you know what? <laughs> Another thing to consider ourselves very fortunate about is the fact that being where we are from our respective mm-hmm. provinces, part of this great big country that we know and love as Canada, we are used to certain, certain aspects of Canadian living, including mm-hmm. our winters. Yep. Now you guys got hit earlier this week, I believe with a pretty good storm, we did. right? We got about a, we got about
1: a of half a foot.
0: Yep. Uh, we are experiencing some bitter cold here. Now, thankfully it's coming to an end. um, but we had a stretch of about two and a half, maybe not quite three weeks uh, of temperatures hovering around that minus 40 to minus 50 range with wind chill. Oh, Jesus. But hey, by Monday, they're saying now it's supposed to be plus six. Oh, my. Do you have a yeah. Chinook coming through? I don't know what it is, and I don't care. <laughs> I will take it. <laughs> Whatever
1: the, the the weather term is for it. I don't care if it's Bring it friggin'
0: on. demons. I will take it. <laughs> um, but at this point, my, my, my overarching theme here is that we're accustomed to this. Right. Uh, not only are we accustomed to this, but our infrastructure, you know, a lot of what we do as a province, a community, and as a nation is built around getting ready for this type of thing. Right? We're um, a
1: four seasons country. So very much so a lot of our infrastructure that we're again very fortunate to have in our country is for the most part pretty resilient maybe aged in some areas but at the same time it can handle the heat and humidity in the summer it can handle the ice and the snow and the cold
0: in the winter of, everything in between of course yeah. yeah now there's always exceptions to that rule too of course <laughs> you look at the extreme right like yeah s- quite a few years ago now but we had uh, those ice storms in Quebec that threw everything into chaos, right? Yep. You get you get a tornado. You get, you know, there's going to be exceptions. Um, Absolutely. The reason I mentioned that is because you see what's going on in the far south right now in Texas. Yep. And oh my God. And I know a lot of people are poking fun at the idea of, these poor Americans, oh, look, they don't know how to handle a little bit of snow. And I get that being a gut reaction and an initial reaction. Mm-hmm. But this is some scary stuff down there for them. They, they've lost all their power.
1: Like, and water.
0: Lose, <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, they're on boiling advisories, like they're having to boil water. Yeah, um, I was, I actually, I have a customer from texas oh and when i got on a call when i got on a call with her uh the first thing she said she's like mike we're going through rolling blackouts i haven't had my rolling blackout today there is a possibility that i will just fall off this call like fuck like you just and and it you're right. Like you can poke fun, just like the rest of Canada poked fun at Toronto when they brought the army in, when we had a bunch of snowfall, you poke. Yeah. And you, I remember have, I have friends in Atlanta when they would get two centimeters of snow, you look at pictures of the freeway and it's like crashed cars and flames. It looks like apocalyptic. Yeah. But when you when you don't live through this sort of climate or you don't live through this sort of weather and you don't have the infrastructure to support it, A centimeter of snow can
0: completely fuck everything. Yeah. Now, I mean, put yourself in this mindset. Like, let's pretend we lived in in Texas Mm -hmm. for all the time that we've been alive. Not Canada. Mm -hmm. Born and bred. We don't Mm -hmm. know anything else. Obviously everything that you've been accustomed to is going to change. You're used to, sure. let's say, a hundred degrees, a hundred and twenty degrees heat, right? Sure. You're gonna be used to having to worry about different types of wildlife. You're gonna have to be worried about different things when you're traveling, different concerns. Like you're not gonna have to have that winter readiness stuff in the back of your car like you do in Canada. Right. You're gonna have to have right. different survival gear just in case. Yeah, of course. And then all of a sudden this storm hits the thought, if you put yourself in that scenario that I just kind of went through of having winter tires is such a foreign concept for the people that live there. Could you imagine that even having to be like a secondary thought for somebody that's living in, let's say like El Paso or something like that. Yeah. It's just insane. So I get is the people insane. that people want to make fun of them. I get it because we're we're tough Canadians and you know, oh, look at those, you know, silly people down in Texas mm-hmm. that don't know how to handle a little bit of snow. But there've been lives
1: lost it's, over this. Uh, there it's honestly the like the way that I'm looking at it, it's no different from when like Houston got flooded. Yeah. Except we're talking about an entire state now. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, it, it, it's no different than a natural. Dis- it's it's basically a natural disaster for them. Yep. And, uh, it, it, I'm again, seeing it sounds, the same way. It sounds silly saying it over a few centimeters of snow or like a few centimeters of ice. But when you when you never have that sort of. Uh, when you never have that sort of weather activity and your infrastructure is not ready for it. Now, I think what this is also showcased is just the, the preparedness of their infrastructure in general, which- yes, and I was about to mention that. That's what they're hitting on now. And you have, I, was it the governor or a Senator coming out saying like, if we weren't on all this God-star wind and solar energy, we would not be in this problem. And it's like, I don't know if that's really the issue yeah, here. that's not how that works. Yeah, that, like, yeah. I like we have tons of wind farms here in Ontario. We have tons of solar farms here in Ontario as well. I, I'm pretty sure this
0: equipment can hold up. Yeah, to, if it works uh, up here, uh, you're it'll okay. It'll work every. Yeah, I think you're okay. Yeah. Um, and there's already been groups calling out that politician for saying that, saying yep. that it's it's false. Here's why it's false. There's federal regulators talking about coming in and actually doing a full scale investigation as to why they're having the issues they are doing. And there's been already articles coming out proving that there should have been repairs done to their power grid and all this other stuff that they've been calling for repairs to be done to better prepare that infrastructure for gears for all types of weather. Mm -hmm. and it's been neglected for years and years and it just hasn't been done and now this has happened granted this is probably a once in a lifetime thing sure but
1: you know what is it with everything that's like this is global warming 101 yeah with
0: climate change and all that we don't know
1: yeah so i think it's wise for Every place to get prepared for wild fluctuations in the weather that happens, like like places that aren't known to get really warm, places aren't that aren't known to get really cold or get a shit ton of rain, like Toronto. Like I, I don't know if you remember, way back in the early twenty tens, Toronto had a massive flood. Like there's the sewer system basically just flooded everywhere. It flooded Union Station, which is the big transport portal in Toronto. And like people were Photoshopping like sharks into Union Station or Rob Ford doing a cannonball. And like uh, you have all this Uh, shit, but like and, and we get rain here in Toronto, but we don't get rain like that. But that also kind of showcases the aging of the infrastructure or the preparedness of the infrastructure for this sort
0: of wild weather that we're getting now. Yeah, totally. And it's one of those situations that I mean, given the province that I was born and raised in it goes to show you can only prepare so much sure. i mean and i think that goes without saying anywhere but absolutely you, you look at newfoundland and what happened over a decade ago with hurricane igor when it came through you can't yep. really prepare for something like that yes no. they, they tend to get like you know the tail ends of hurricanes but usually by the time they get up there it's been downgraded to like tropical, tropical storm. storm you know yeah. not too bad yeah i never experienced a hurricane growing up there like so for hurricane igor to still be classified at a hurricane strength by the time it hit the island having gone mm-hmm. up the eastern seaboard and gotten up to the north atlantic like that is crazy yeah. so you can prepare all you like it's neglectful um the, the people in texas that are going through this right now are paying the price for it? yeah, um, there are definitely questions that need to be answered. There are definitely some punishments uh, that need to be handed out for those that are in charge. And, <laughs> but <it's> Ted Cruz <laughs> yeah, let's talk about Ted Cruz for a minute because it's only fair. He, we We just he, talked about in December the Canadian politicians going out of province when they told us to stay put. Right. And this was, this was
1: cross party lines. This was cross the country. This was like, yes, there were, I would say Alberta and Ontario, I think had the majority of it and they tended to be conservative, but there, I believe was an NDP member there. I think were liberal members in Quebec. This is not a political thing. This is people not the people that we trust and the people that kind of give us the the orders at this point are doing are going against what they're telling their their constituents to yeah, do. It's
0: just overall ass-hattery. Right. Uh, and I I can't even call him Sen Cruz decided <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm going to do right now because I I'm no good at anything else. I can't help anyway with all these issues that are going on right now. I'm going to go down to Cancun and and
1: like the icing on the cake. And it's, it's so rich as that. And again, you never want people's privacy to be exploited or anything like that. But like when you're in politics or you're in the public eye, like you're kind of at the, the, the will of the people at that point to see the text messages that came out from his wife saying like, we're, it's really cold here. Like we have no, we have no electricity let's go to Cancun for four or five days. And then he uses his daughters as kind of bait to say that like they wanted to get away. And yeah, and, you because know, they well, had I'm friends the that were going and I'm going to be the good dad that takes them there. It's like, if your kids are old enough to want to go to Cancun with other friends, they probably don't need their daddy to chauffeur them.
0: Yeah. And I'm sorry, but just, uh, the photos that leaked of him on the plane, and the oh, yeah. luggage that he was taking, that was more luggage than any grown man needs to take for a one-night round-trip flight to bring his right. daughters down to Cancun to go with his friend, their friends and for him yeah. to return the next day.
1: And I think the state like a Ritz-Carlton too. I know it was a high-end hotel. Like, it's just, like, you want to talk about the one, like, the whole idea of the one or, percent or privilege in general like fuck you man yeah fuck you like and like fuck you for so many things first oh my like, god like this isn't a just like a political like i differing of opinions he's just a shitty person
0: we, we have like, just fuck you we are not and i'm i mean i love our country we have a lot of things that are going for us, but we also have as much as I love our country, a lot of things that we need to be ashamed of historically, yep. Absolutely. Um, most recently, I, I would have to say that two of the things at the very least, not saying there isn't more, but at the very least, we need to be ashamed of our Ted Cruz and the proud boys. Absolutely. Um, and I forgot Ted Cruz was born in Canada. Yeah, Ted's not even his real name.
1: It's it's <laughs> Ted Texas.
0: Ted from Texas. It's just fucking ridiculous. It, the whole situation. Um Beto O'Rourke, I believe it was, said that essentially right now, Texas is a failed state because of how poorly it is being governed. Um, and it is a Republican governed state right now, but yep. everything is just completely out the window. Um, I, I mean, what else can you say? The, the The poor people in Texas that are dealing with no heat, no water. Um, there are lineups, ridiculous lineups at grocery stores mm-hmm. for people trying to get food. Uh, I don't even want to even hazard a guess at people trying to get like, prescription medications or anything else like that i I mean and icing on the cake of all of this in the middle of a pandemic
1: yeah like you kind of gotta you kind of gotta look at both sides of the coin and say like what like you can't manage both like you're pretty much ignoring the pandemic at this point so the idea like you you do what you gotta do basically to survive and i'm not trying to be an alarmist by saying that but like all the all the stuff that you would that the states was doing this greatly at all but like with social distancing and
0: masks and all that sort of stuff like yeah especially i hate to say it in in texas in particular i mean i think the only state that was doing worse than texas when it comes to that sort of thing was florida florida um which is not a great group to be lumped into no um (laughs) but I guess, long story short, my, my heart goes out to the people in Texas. I mean, this sucks.
1: It sucks. I mean, if the roles,
0: if the roles were reversed and we were dealing with, you know, a severe drought type situation here, you know, just to roll reversal. I mean, I don't know how we would handle it. Yep. Well, even
1: a a few years ago, there was a nice storm right before Christmas in Ontario and in Toronto. And there were major parts of Toronto and the surrounding areas around Toronto that had no power for Christmas, so you had no power, no heat, like no like you had no water, you had like you were screwed yep um so it doesn't just happen in places where you don't expect it. It happens here when you have aging infrastructure or when it's just more than what you ever thought would happen. It just you can't be you said earlier, you can't be absolutely prepared for everything like you yep. can't it just you can be prepared but you can't be prepared for the worst potentially
0: no exactly all you can do is try to have contingencies and hope it doesn't come down to that yeah so
1: for sure man
0: on that let's take our first break our only break i don't know why i said first like there's (laughs) going to be multiples (laughs) maybe one day we'll do a two-hour podcast jesus who would listen to us for that long? If we would have to have a lot
1: of guests or a lot of co-hosts and co-co-hosts. We we would
0: have to have a guest, let alone a lot. It it would have to be like a bot (laughs) symposium. Maybe one day we'll have a guest. That would be awesome. That would be pretty awesome. I'd have to get off my ass and actually start reaching out to people.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We'd have to have a little bit of uh, momentum behind us to kind of get going on that. But A little bit of foresight. Mm. to the listeners out there or listener, or the few, the handful of listeners out there, if you ever want to come on, shoot, shoot us a note. Shoot us like me, Neil, podcast, Twitter profile, anything. Shoot us a note. We'd love to have you. Let's let's try it out. There you go. Why there not? There you go.
0: Why not? Why not? Eh? not?
1: <laughs> Why not?
0: As Steve Dangle would say. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Why not? <laughs> All right, we'll take a break. Uh, We'll be right back. And when we do come back, um, we we throw out this topic quite a bit, but we're going to, I don't want to say a game, but we're going to turn it into something a little bit more fun. We're going to be talking tech, but we're actually going to be talking old school tech and trying to throw a little bit of a nostalgic twist to it. So we'll be right back. All right, back for the second part of the show. Before we get started, gotta give a shout out to all the OG bods that used to listen to TNT on 1010 back in the day. Oh man, that was a
1: time. That was really, I think, when there was that groundswell around like that's like on Twitter at least for sure. Like that's like you just all of a sudden everyone starts coming out of the woodworks of like. And everyone's just kind of like, got. it's felt old school. Like you're gathering around your radio and you're listening to a radio show together.
0: It was so fun, man. But at the same time with that hashtag, there was that whole list of OG bods that Nell in particular kept track of. uh, So shout out to Nell. um, That would try to follow along with the conversation as we're listening to the radio show. So it was yep. the best of old school and new school. And it was so hard to keep track of the conversation sometimes.
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> we, we awesome. ended up getting like, we ended up getting like the the side chats going with, with certain folks and stuff like that, just to to pare it down. But man, like it was like Thursdays, like going to work on Fridays, was sometimes a little tough. Like you have a couple of days oh, yeah. in the show and conversing with folks. And then it turned into Sunday nights and like, Shit, Monday Monday morning started to become a little rough here and there, but yeah, that was the time, man. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, a so lot of fun.
0: That's how we. That's really how we met. Yeah, yeah, it is. So shout out to all the OG bods that used to listen to the Taggart and Torrance show on Ten Ten News Talk in Ontario. News Talk Ten Ten in Toronto. Yeah, that, those were some good times. So anyway, for sure, man, for sure. Speaking of old school and new school. Uh on the Twitter machine earlier today, our bud Adam hit us up. Yeesh. And he hit us up with a picture of a discman. Yeah. Now, for all the youngins that might be listening, if it's not past <laughs> your bedtime, a discman is a method of playing a compact disc that you could take with you while on the go. Now a compact i.e. CD. Yeah, a compact disc (laughs) is more commonly known as a CD, and it's kind of like a smaller, shiny, silver version of a record.
1: (laughs) It's the same size as the DVD. Yeah. And for those
0: that don't know what DVDs are. (laughs) That's what came before (laughs) Netflix. Um, That's how Netflix started. Yeah. They used to mail you DVDs. (laughs) Yep. Wow. I remember that. That was so bad. Yep. Anyway, the point is, <laughs> it brought back a lot of memories. Yep. And I think we were going to have a, a conversation here about old school tech and some of the memories that it brings back for you. Yeah, it was funny. It just, it, I think it's,
1: it, I, I'm always kind of very nostalgic, especially with the '90s, like from like a culture and music and entertainment totally. and all. Like it was just a very unique time and. Uh, you we haven't had a time since then like you think about like how raunchy things were on tv with springer and wwf and like just it was like jerry springer decade that's kind of what it felt like yeah. um but seeing that discman like i immediately like i knew immediately like what what cds do i remember putting in a discman and listening to and the two for me were the first billy Talon album and dude ranch by blink 182 more so because of my buddy my buddy Derek who in grade 10 we would sit next to each other and like I remember him playing that CD for me I was like oh shit who is this punk band like out of nowhere anyway that was my immediate reaction to seeing that Discman
0: I the first thing I thought of when I saw the Discman was well two thoughts came to mind one the big old book (laughs) of cds that everyone oh my used to god, have, yeah yeah where you would just be flipping looking for that perfect yep. one to put in um you'd have it in the car too oh like, god you'd have yeah one of those in the car only if though really if you have one of those that had like a handle on it yeah <laughs> so you could just throw you. it down yeah you could throw you it down the on CD, the drive the cd holder and the visor the visor that was good for like 10 cds or something yep. yeah totally yep um so that And the other thing that it reminded me of was how much it would piss me off because Discman's back in the day were not cheap. No. Um, And I can remember buying one and it did not have the anti shock on it. And I remember that pissing me off to no end. That's tough, man. Yeah. Now, there
1: were like, wasn't it Panasonic that had like the aftershock? That had like the the clasps that went on the side of it and like really held it in place. Like you could throw this thing and it would never skip. Yeah, I think. But so. it was it was the Sony. Was it
0: this? Did Sony call their discman the Walkman too? I can't remember. They might have because even the Sony MP3 player was a was Walkman. called a Walkman. Yeah.
1: So that, that was their basically their portable music player at the time. But like I remember, I could, I think it was them. They would always say they had like thirty seconds of anti shock. So like if you were, you could shake your CD for 30 seconds and you'd be all good. But after 30 seconds, nope, done, it's done, it's toast. But yeah, like I was the same. Like I think my first disc one I probably bought from like Woco or Byway maybe even yeah. too. It was probably a hundred bucks. It was an off brand, but like I, if I held it steady, it was good if i held okay. it in my hand when i walked it was good but if i wanted to put that
0: in my pocket or put it in my coat pocket no nope. and that's how i discovered my didn't have the anti-shock i had oh. it in my jeans pocket while i was walking to work one day and three steps into it I'm like what the fuck?" and that what was did i do what did i do yeah
1: i just oh, blew how tough, much money man. on this
0: thing um yeah but in terms of albums there's a few that come to mind to me right away. I was a late yeah. adopter to CDs because I I really stuck with cassettes for as long as I could. Me, um uh, me too.
1: Kind of financially, because I was a teenager. So yeah. like and my parents weren't going out of their way to buy me a high-end CD
0: player or anything like that. Same anyway. here. So um so I didn't get my first CD player till probably like let's say ninety-five. 94 95 somewhere around there so the first albums that come to mind for me are green days dookie yep um the big shiny tunes albums oh especially the early ones were so good and there was another uh same theme as big shiny tunes but there was another uh stream of albums called frosh i remember that frosh had some great albums too. wow yeah so i love those compilation ones like now this is music like it's yeah but oh man i haven't heard that forever i still have those in a book downstairs because i uploaded all my cds onto this mac that we're recording on right now so (laughs) you know what would be really interesting
1: asking taggart about like what it means to have your song on a compilation album like is it a marketing thing is it a financial thing is it a distribution thing yeah i'd be really tempted to ask him like do you like did you have any choice in doing that either like yeah anyway sorry i just no no that's fine because compilation albums like big shiny tunes were like massive that was like the that was you were going and buying a mix cd or a mixtape of all the best stuff oh yeah it was just
0: it was so so popular back in the day, so and much popular. music had not just those, but they had like the much dance ones as oh, well, dance, right? Dance mix, yeah. They had their dance, dance mix. Ninety-two to ninety-four were just classic. So they had albums. some great compilation albums that came out in the nineties in general. So I, yep. I'm assuming they raked it in from those.
1: Oh, I've got to think that they did phenomenal on those. Yeah.
0: But I mean, that's just one piece of tech, right? Yep. Um, yep. There's a bunch of others. Like if I was to mention VCR, yep. what's the first thing that comes to mind for you? Major League. Okay. First off, great movie.
1: Amazing movie. There's
0: only in my Amazing. mind. Amazing. In my mind, there's only one baseball movie that is better than that one which is bull durham close oh what's yours bad news bears oh see that's tied for me with major league okay bad news bears is like all-time classic which i realized i
1: think and i think it's on amazon prime and i'm I talking think. like the original not the remake with oh no 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 no, original with yeah. 1976 yeah walter like, Matthau. yeah <laughs> drinking swearing in front of kids smoking in front of kids like everything yeah. like just no, not billy the that Lord, would get away no yeah no. no 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 this is original 1976 version yeah uh but major league is my go-to only because i remember i don't re- i think we may have taped it off the movie network
0: Oh God! Yeah,
1: <laughs> yep. and 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 I'm now I'm very da- very much dating myself, and also questioning my parents a bit because I remember watching Major League when I was like eight or nine years old. Uh, okay, I could see that. It, uh, like there's some very mild sexuality
0: in it, but it's, it's a lot not. Of,
1: it's a lot of swearing. I was gonna say it's more anything. language
0: than anything. Yeah. But look at me, I turned out okay. Ish. And it's just,
1: <laughs> I can, I, but I can still to this day like rhyme off this movie as I watch it. It is oh, God, so yeah. good.
0: And you look at that cast now, it's ridiculous, right? So uh, for me, like when I think VCR, one of the first things I think of is Toronto Blue Jays. And it's going to sound stupid. i used it i used the vcr as a kid to videotape the world series games good for you do you still have those tapes i my parents still may have some of the videotapes in newfoundland so that that is amazing and that actually do you remember
1: the world series compilation tapes that would come out after the world series oh yeah they'd
0: be on like for sale on tv like a week after
1: yeah so you get like the rundown of the whole like the lead up to the world series and like the actual world series game and so like when the jays won the first one it was just like the normal end of year world series vhs tape but when they won the second one it was called back to back and back to back was just uh, like those two tapes unbelievable and the fact that you used to tape
0: jay's games on tv oh hell yeah which my heart smiles so much man. oh god yeah i was huge fan so jay's games and uh much music uh, i would videotape yep. the spotlight every day yep. and yep. and i would wait and see who it was and if it was somebody yep. i wanted to watch great and if not oh well rewind the tape set it up to tape the next day yep so those yep. are my Spot, two biggest ones i would tape spotlight I would
1: sometimes tape video flow because sometimes you get some random goodies in
0: there. The request one was good. Yeah, that was what was that much on demand? Something like that. MOD. Yeah, I can't remember the name. I went to a live taping of that actually. Dude, I won a prize from their request show one time. (laughs) Me and my brother made this thing and we had the request of the day. It was just after we moved from Newfoundland to Calgary. And so we won the prize for the day. And the prize was, speaking of videotapes, uh, Beavis and Butthead VHS tapes. Amazing. Yeah. And I think we still have those. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> So, yeah, we got these like three or four Beavis and Butthead tapes as our prize. Um, <laughs> I, I will say this. As much as I appreciate Beavis and Butthead, I was more of a Ren and Stimpy fan. So that, ooh, I, I liked both for
1: very different reasons. Yes. I liked like Beavis and Butthead kind of felt like South Park. Yeah, I get that. I don't know if that makes sense. Like it yeah. kind of felt like a little bit naughty, to, not naughty, but just. Definitely has that. It was on late it. and all that. Red and Stimpy was on late too, but Red and Stimpy felt more like a preteen cartoon. It had more, it had a different sense of humor to it. Yeah. It was more like a more public or a more, uh, I don't know. It just it wasn't like.
0: It was more and widely piss accepted. Jokes. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't dick and piss
1: Jokes like on Beavis and Butthead. It was. More outrageous stuff like don't whiz on the electric fence. I don't yeah. know if you remember that. Oh, I totally remember.
0: <laughs> Dude, I had that album. <laughs> really? Yeah, with the they nice. hit number one on Much Music in Canada for a while. Uh when they took God Save the Queen and turned it into the Kilted Yaksman anthem. And that hit number one on Much Music. Yeah. And I had that album. Oh my god, I loved Rand and Stimpy. But yeah, speaking of albums, great. Here's the next piece of tech that we should talk about. Record players. What's the first thing that comes to mind? So my, this
1: is gonna sound weird. I have two records that come to mind for me. One is my Anne Murray, There's an Elephant in My Bathtub album. Okay, And it's signed by Anne Murray. Auntie Ann. yep. Yeah, because that was like <laughs> that was like that. That's the first like vinyl I can remember. Um, the second, for a very different reason, is "Appetite for Destruction" by Guns and Roses, and I remember it because during a yard sale that my parents were having, my dad sold all of his vinyl, and I remember I would I would have been. I was like, still really young at that point, but I can remember that album cover in a milk crate, and I don't remember. I never. I don't. I never listened to it, but I can remember the album cover.
0: Yeah, with and the skulls and the, and the
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I love that album today. It's such a classic album. Oh, it's like, a great. It's album. So so good. It's actually but the first album, album I ever
0: bought myself. Really? Yeah. Hmm. First album I ever bought myself.
1: Yeah, so that so, that album, that's what I think of, and it's funny because it's like it's talking about selling vinyl, not playing vinyl. Yeah. Um. But yeah, those are the two that that come out to my like immediately to me when I think about a record yeah,
0: player. I totally get it. And I my first one again is going to be a little bit weird, but the first thing that comes to mind with record players, <laughs> it's actually from when I was much much younger, but I can remember very vividly this like little fisher price like record player the one with yes. the little plastic green yes. and yellow and orange records yes i love with that the thing. deep grooves in them, with yes. the yes yes totally. yes <laughs> so that's the first thing that came to mind and i don't know why but i love I that i totally had i totally had that i know yeah. i had that i can vividly remember playing with it totally and the other thing that came to mind actually is a memory from calgary um i was working one summer with my dad and he was helping out uh, the company that he was working for uh the guy that owned it had a couple of rental properties yeah and part of what he would do every now and then was once the people went uh, and moved out he would go in clean out the place if there needed to be some repairs to it Dad would do the repairs, you know, fix drywall, paint, fix floors, whatever. Cause that, my That's dad's nice. in construction. So, sure. you know, you do a little bit of everything. Um, sure. So that summer I was going to help him out with that night, help, you know, lug out stuff, get it into dumpsters, whatever. Somebody left behind a small milk crate full of records. And there was like Kiss albums and Scorpion and like oh ACDC. And I'm like, can I keep this? <laughs> yeah whatever they left it behind i'm like yes oh my god (laughs) so took it home uh that evening and me and my brother my cousin who was living with us at the time because he was working as well uh with the same company we're going through this stuff and we're like flipping through and putting in albums all weekend like listening it was great oh my god it was so good some of the records were trashed don't get me wrong oh sure
1: but, i think that's the thing with any record collection that i've ever seen it's like when you look at it there's so many hits and misses in it yeah like it seemed like you could it almost seemed like anybody could make a record at one point and like there were just like the hilarious album covers or like things like that like it just uh yeah it you always had your hits and misses with any record collection. I think people still have, it's a lot different now because like people are so purposeful with what they put in their Spotify playlist yes. or their Apple playlists or whatnot. But back in the day, like sometimes you would just buy crates of records or you go to a used record store and just buy a bunch for
0: like 10 bucks. Yep. You got what you got. The hidden gem in that collection, Bob and Doug McKenzie album oh do you still have it i don't oh. but that fueled my love for bob and doug mckenzie it was an eye-opening experience because i had not i, I was that. not familiar with them until i heard that album because I, I i totally can say i watched SCTV, but i can't say i recalled bob and doug
1: really i can remember watching sctv and I can remember Bob and Doug, but not having the same affinity for them as I do now. Exactly. So it's like that album did it for me. I Rand, I, this was completely random. You just made me think of something. Have you always had this, I'm going to use the word affinity again,
0: this affinity for Canadianity? Yeah, I would say that's fair, especially when it comes to music. Um, yep. Maybe even to a certain degree, TV shows, not yep. as much movies, which is a bit of a shame, but that's starting to come along as well. Um, yep. But I've always been, and I think it's a stereotypically Canadian thing, right? You see, oh, me too. you see this person on TV or on the big screen, or you hear somebody on the radio. And the first thing you do is like, Oh, they're Canadian. Yep. Yep. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, no, I was. I I was always. I was curious
1: about asking you that, just because like I've always. We had this talk a couple. I think a couple of weeks ago, just like talking about like when I drive to Ottawa, or when I went to Quebec for my grade eight trip, I think of I Mother Earth. Yeah, and I, I and I can't picture thinking of a U.S. band. Like I'm. I'm sure I was listening to Green Day and Offspring and Bush and Nirvana and Soundgarden and all that shit at that point. But like, I Mother Earth, Quebec City, Canada. Yeah, it's just totally. like with the Tragically Hip. It's just like with Our Lady Peace. It's just like with Moist. It's all these bands. But like, I was always just very curious if like this Canadian, this Canadian identity has always kind of been in there with
0: you. And oh I, hell yeah! I,
1: and I assumed yes, just because of our our both of our mutual appreciation for T and i think and that, that would be
0: that would be a very fair statement. And I think honestly. <laughs> For me, especially when it comes to the music, it might be even stronger now. Um, Yeah. I have a habit of phoning into a local radio station here and speaking to my friend Gary uh, and trying to get a song on the air. And nine times out of ten, I can almost guarantee it, if I'm phoning in to get a request on the air with Gary, it will be a Canadian band. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. In fact, if you look at the bod playlist, there's a few Canadian bands on there that I've added and some newer ones too, that are really awesome. Yep. One more piece of tech for you that I wanted to ask you about. Hit me. I wanted to ask you about this might be before your time. So if it is, feel free to improvise and we'll go on to the next earliest piece you can think of. Sure. But do you have any early memories of the Atari system? No.
1: Okay. However, however, my house was an Intellivision system.
0: Oh, okay. So I will hold that so, in the same regard. Let's hear it. Same, same
1: sort of time. Same era. Like same sort of era. Yeah. Um, so my parents had Intellivision, and I can vividly remember playing Tron, uh, nice.
0: baseball.
1: Um, poker and blackjack. I think nice. I learned how to play blackjack at like five years old, and then we had a few other games, but those three games. And like you put the cartridge in, you put the plastic sleeve into the dial pad controller with the little spinner at the bottom. Yep, and the number pad would indicate kind of like what you were doing. So, like with baseball, if you hit two it was second base if you hit six it was first base if you hit like four it was third base like oh it was, god <laughs> but like but 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 you never knew that just because of the plastic that you put over top of the controller so that totally you, like, playing it for each game had its own plastic yep and that is my earliest memory of video gaming outside of like nintendo and sega and super nintendo and all that yeah we hadn't we had, it, we had it in television and we had it for the longest time and i don't remember why or how my parents got rid of it but that was a lot of fun
0: my my earliest system was an og atari mm-hmm. and two of my favorite games on it were frogger, oh, frogger was great frogger was awesome and joust um, Joust
1: sounds very familiar. Joust
0: was a weird one. But we also had Pitfall. Okay. And we had the ET game. The legendarily bad ET? We had the legendarily bad ET game. Have you watched a documentary on yes. Netflix about that? Yes, it's I, I so have. It's so good, right? It is very good. Um, it's so good. And I, I remember vividly getting frustrated with that game and just yeah i was so angry for such a little kid playing that game it was just so wrong so yeah it's
1: like um i was
0: on super nintendo or nintendo the the lion king game that is my wife's all-time favorite game for super nintendo that game was impossible yeah yeah it was the game she sucks. got me to play like, it. it sucks the souls out of you like the, the, the elephant bowl you. uh boneyard in particular i think it was oh there's so many levels on that game that just suck ass that game just sucks dick like yeah. fuck. that one and <laughs> what was it uh battle toads i think it was i don't remember that game oh y'all need to look it up there's a couple bad levels on that one. Uh, not great. Um I uh, I was actually for a little while the proud owner of a TurboGrafx 16. Were you? Yes, I got it at a garage sale for 20 bucks. It came with the system two controllers and three games. I I would be very t- like I've
1: got quite a few consoles in my house. I've got the Xbox 1, the PS4, uh a Switch, the original Nintendo Wii which still works. Yeah, we've, cannot, we've got we've got ours still still works. And it still works today. Like, it still plays today. Like, it's still a great system today. Um, And the mini Nintendo Entertainment System, the mini NES, that has, like, 30 games built into it. And if I could ever get my hands on, like, a Dreamcast, a 3DO. I don't know if you remember 3DO. I think Um, I do remember it, yeah. that Dreamcast, 3DO, or even, like, a Sega CD. Like, if I could ever get my hands on any of those things, I would totally buy one in an instant. Nice. Like, they're such, they were, they were so close to hitting it, but then PlayStation kind of ruined it for everyone. Like, because PlayStation was just so good at the gate, and every okay. other console just couldn't catch up to it. I,
0: I know we, I said that was going to be my last question, but seriously, this will be my last question before we end the show. Yeah. Now, for PlayStation, the first gen. Yeah. Favorite, favorite game or favorite couple games? Mortal Kombat.
1: Okay. Mortal Kombat was unreal on it. in um, Crash Bandicoot.
0: Yeah.
1: I Those two I, games.
0: For me, it was Twisted Metal. Oh, Twisted Metal was so good. Twisted Metal was awesome. Um, I forgot about that game. That was so good. And uh, Star Fox. What's the Star Fox? N- Star Fox was the N60. No, I'm getting that mixed. No, wait. Now, Star <laughs> Fox was Super Nintendo. Yeah, there was another one that was like Star Fox on PlayStation. I'm forgetting the name of it right now. It'll come back to me. But very similar but gameplay. Like that
1: sort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That
0: type of so yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Oh god. So good. So yeah. That yeah, the original awesome. plays. I
1: my buddy had a my best friend in like grade seven had a had a PlayStation. I remember I can vividly remember sitting in his rec room playing Mortal Kombat and just like being in awe. I'm like. This feels like I'm at the arcade. Like the graphics feel just like an arcade. And it wasn't anything mind blowing by any stretch, but it was just
0: such solid gameplay. I'll be, I mean, like love, I love Mortal Kombat, especially over Street Fighter, but I was always more of a Tekken fan. I was
1: always more. Do you remember the Ninja Turtles? Oh, hell yeah. Kind of the Ninja Turtles arcade game. Yeah. With the green blobs, and it was a four player yeah. game. And- I get, well, that's not really a fighting game, though. I guess from a fighting game perspective, I was always Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter, but Tekken was really good. And
0: there was another one on, was it Sega?
1: I can't remember. There was another one that ported like a arcade version of a game over that was really big at the time. Virtual Fighter.
0: Mm, okay, I remember that. Yeah. That wasn't bad either. No. But I think of the main ones, that one's like, of the four, that one's at the bottom of the four.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was revolutionary for its time with all the 3D graphics and stuff like that. But in terms of gameplay? No. You can't beat the simplicity of a Tekken, of a Street Fighter. Simple side scroller. Yep. Yep. Button masher. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Spanning that spinning the buttons
0: just totally i would always be scorpion and do the you know get over here i would always be sub-zero just to freeze people yeah totally easiest ones right yeah exactly exactly the get over here i remember that was awesome so good good. and on that note we should probably end the show because we probably have no listeners left
1: no It's just us talking to each other, which that's still very enjoyable, man. I
0: mean, it's still kind of the point, right? <laughs> yeah, that's all this is. We're doing We're it just for our... to Put it on the internet for other people to listen in on. <laughs> yeah, and hopefully maybe feel better about themselves because, hey, if these two idiots can do this, I can do anything, right? Couche. That's the Touché. whole point. So make sure you check us out on social media. Mm-hmm. Mike mentioned it earlier. You can check us out on. Facebook Twitter, Instagram, whatever, just look up podcast um and like subscribe, whatever all those other youtubers mm-hmm. are saying because you know, hell, why not, what else are you gonna do? there's a freaking global Smash pandemic. That like button, good God, that was aggressive, holy shit <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm honestly kind of caught off guard by that uh, <laughs> like I said, there's a global <laughs> pandemic going on, what else you got going on seriously, true, yeah, sure, um. After that, if you don't mind, check us out on Apple, Spotify, Google play, whatever other platform you listen to podcasts on, uh, leave a review. A good review would be much appreciated, but if you want to leave a bad one, Hey, it's a free country. Do what you want. Absolutely. just don't expect a money back guarantee. Not in that scenario. No, no, exactly. Uh, also, if you happen to lay your eyes on, you know, the Sega CD or Dreamcast or anything like that, like Mike said, drop them a line. Yes, please.
1: Mike underscore podcast. I would love to get my hand on some old retro consoles.
0: Yeah, Just, or you, you can hit us up uh, at bods at com.
1: Yes, both Neil and I received email there, and it's been a very lonely inbox, but that's
0: kind of expected, I guess, if we've only had one or two listeners. Yeah, really, and 18 episodes and no casts and yeah. You know, it but is. Thank what you for is. everyone that
1: likes to talk with us on Twitter. Love that's that where I am, and it's yeah, great. It's,
0: that's where I usually hang out too. So yeah, it's been great. We're only a little lonely. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Still lonely. <laughs>